Hey friends, you're tuned in to the Learn or Be Learned podcast, a show where wisdom meets curiosity in order to discover the human experience. I'm your host, Shiva D, and remember, you either learn from or you're learned from. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back, friends, to another great episode on the book Burn the Boats. This is the editorial series book episode. So without further ado, let's jump in. Matt Higgins is the author. He was a former shark judge on the show Sharks where they do the business acquisitions. And and I believe he's a nine-figure entrepreneur. And he's got quite a bit of a story. You know, I'm going to be completely honest. Overall, I thought the book was okay. I did believe there was quite a bit of fluff, a lot of stories, and I understand the essence of why that is. It's to kind of give you examples with what he's saying and why he's saying it. But to me, it just felt like the book could have been much, much shorter. I do understand many books in the personal development space are like this, and that's why many people also don't read it and rather get summaries or listen to something like one of these podcast episodes. But that's what I'm here for. So we're just going to condense and talk about some of the best points. The book is cut into three parts and part one is about trust your instincts. And this resonated with with me very well that the beginning of the book here, we have this point where he talks about Julius Caesar who sailed from Rome to conquer England. And after the ships arrived, he saw that their men were way outnumbered. So what did he do? He made sure there was no exit strategy. He said, a fight to the death, burn the boats, right? And he ordered, just like that, there was no way home. And I think that's so, that that's so crazy, right? That, that resonated with me very strongly though, right? Because this isn't just some made up fiction from a movie. This was true. This was real life. This is fight to the death, quite literally. And this is essentially where the term burn the boats kind of comes from the reference here right so to me i just think that's so interesting that if somebody in that state of mind can do that to the level of survivalhood then we should be able to do that for something so much smaller scale right like starting that business or starting that podcast or starting that youtube channel or you know taking on that dance class or whatever the thing is that's holding you back right so I want to jump into the second point about the illusion of backup plans, and I do agree with this. I do think backup plans hinder you from going all in to become successful because you always have this exit strategy, this out. And I will reference that there is a difference between going all in and being reckless about it, right? I do believe that there is... I do believe there is an importance to having downside protection. You don't want to just have no logical understanding of burning the boats without, you know, for example, let's use the Julius Caesar thing, right? If he knew his men were not ready to fight, he probably wouldn't have done that, right? So, but he knew his men were strong and that they needed that push. But this is a whole thing about, you know, having a downside contingency plan versus going all in and being reckless so you know obviously you know your situation best and you know how to weigh it but i do think having a backup plan is not 
smart, but having a downside protection slash safety net can be beneficial. So let me give an example because I think this might be a little muddled of an ideology here. There's a difference between burning the boat and going all in on a business when you have $30,000 of debt versus clearing the debt and maybe even making a few months of savings for emergencies and or living expenses and then starting the business right so that's my example here because although you would <laughs> you definitely have a, a light under your ass on the first example but that might be too stressful and that might give you too much anxiety and that would be counterintuitive on the other end of the spectrum right so i do believe having a downside protection plan but burning the boats is the way to go so burn the boats when you're ready i think that's a strong point to be made here and i want to there's the third point i believe is the danger of hesitation i've seen so many people hesitate to start that first step is often the hardest what do they say 80 percent of the fuel is burned from the rocket to just get it off the ground the rocket ship just to get it off the ground about 80 percent of the fuel is burned so it only takes about 20 percent for the rest of the momentum to kick which is very applicable to life and weirdly enough coincides with the Pareto principle the 80 20 Pareto principle like many things in this world but think about it right the hardest step is the first one once you get that going it's all momentum from there and growing and evolving and trying new things right but 80 percent is definitely that first step it's always the hardest many people talk many people hesitate but that's why you got to jump just count more backwards from five and just jump i did do an episode with mel robbins five second rule and that's where she talks about just jumping by counting backwards from five and doing what you need to do the fourth point is the power of self-talk i do believe self-talk is really important because your closest relationship is not your spouse it's yourself it's not your friends it's yourself it's not your dog it's yourself right because you have more thoughts with yourself than anybody else or any conversation you could possibly have and a lot of us actually just think in autopilot so a lot of the negative self-talk is just autopilot at this point and it takes a lot of effort anyone that's gone through this can vouch it takes a lot of effort to consciously change the negative self-talk because it becomes so automated over time that you don't even realize you're doing it anymore Oftentimes it takes an external source, somebody, a spiritual awakening, something, right, to just shake you up and realize where you are at that moment of negativity or that negative space. And I think a powerful point the author, Matt, here says is using this example of second person, right? So talking like you're talking to somebody else. And I do this in journaling, and I think it's really powerful. It works really well. It works wonders. And he's saying the same thing, which is very self, which is very reassuring. Right, so for example, instead of saying, for example, when he was on the Sharks the first day of the show, he was really nervous is what he was saying. And he was saying, you know, instead of saying, I meant to be here, I meant to be here, he said it in a second person as if he was talking to himself as somebody else. And he was saying, Matt, you are meant to be here. And he said that helped him a lot more. And I believe the same ideology applies because you are reading, reading it or hearing it as if you're talking to somebody else and it for some reason registers much better that way as if you're having a conversation because you know like i say we're we're human creatures we're people we're people of 
we're humans, right? So we need human connection. So I think having that you relationship really helps reinforce that. And the last point here in trust your instinct section one is about risk management. And I kind of already went over that about how there's a difference between going all in and being reckless. It's all about committing fully, but being aware of the risks, not ignoring them, right? So part two is no turning back, right? So trust your instincts is part one. Part two is no turning back. I have a three points here that I think is important. Matt talks about the Yerkes Dodson law, which is basically this bell curve for those of you that are into statistics or know what I'm talking about, you know, you have a bell-shaped curve and the beauty, the sweet spot is the dead smack middle of the bell curve, which is where anxiety is at the optimal to have you go and actually do something. You don't want zero anxiety. You don't want too much anxiety. There is a sweet spot there. And if you look up Yerkes Dodson law, you'll see the little bell curve of fear versus anxiety. But the whole point here is to say that having some anxiety is good. You need to have something to run away from and run to. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time when it comes to goals. You need to have something that you're running from and running to. Otherwise, it's not enough motivation to actually do anything. Otherwise, you're just too comfortable and stuck in the status quo. Point two is reframing challenges. So suggesting this change in mindset from saying I have to do this I have to do that I have to do this to saying I get to do it will turn any difficult situation from an obligation into an opportunity and I've done this and I believe it works so well right so there's so many times in life you'll say oh, right I have to man I have to edit this episode I'm so tired no, I get to edit this episode where so many people are waiting to see it and I should be so grateful Right, so it really reframes this sense of gratitude of turning an obligation into an opportunity. And I really like that point. I use it, I think it works well, and honestly, you should try it out too. And the last point is very interesting. He calls it the, it's essentially the sunken cost fallacy. It's where we <laughs> tend to go all in on something we've already invested too much time, money, or energy, and or all three into, right? So it's hard to let go of a past investment of either of the three or all so for example when i was doing medicine it was hard for me to let go of that path it took me a long time to think over it because it was i had invested so much time money and energy <laughs> so but it was something that i realized it was what i needed to do to go towards my higher purpose and succeed even bigger than i ever could have dreamed of to follow my childhood vision and dream of everything I wanted and more which wouldn't have happened if I continued medicine because of the time commitment it takes to become a doctor you give up all of your 20s and I just couldn't do it I had this urge to want to do business even when I was in studying medicine I really wanted to do business and I always wanted to do business and I would, I would even tell people you know I want to be financially free as a doctor so I could go to Doctors Without Borders because you don't get paid anything to do Doctors Without Borders. But I wanted to really badly. I tell people all the time. When I say I tell people all the time, just certain people I would tell because, you know, I believe telling certain people your goals will help you get closer to them. And that's proven me right when it came to eventually getting the CDC position. But I do believe that many people I remember when I quit 
sorry, let's say redirected. I like that better. When I redirected myself from medicine, many people ask me if I regret it, why did I do it? And it was one of those things I can only answer in hindsight, but it is one of these sunken cost fallacies. I could have kept going just for the sake of, you know, oh, Shiva stuck it through, you know, like, so what? You know, 10 years are gonna go by no matter what anyways. I might as well have the 10 years of doing what I preferred rather than just having the white coat but being upset about it, right? I, I've met so many doctors that honestly wish they had changed, wish they had done something different. And to me, the biggest goal in my life is to live life with the least amount of regrets. So leaving that and venturing into the uncertainty and the unknown of this entrepreneurship type of world was the path for me. Anyways, now we're at section three and he talks about building more boats. So I've thought about this a lot and I wholeheartedly agree with some of the points he's making here. Utilizing social media, the emphasis on leveraging social media and your public status for business growth. It's always been something I've thought about as an entrepreneurial mindset of mine. It was something I tell my friends all the time is my entrepreneurial mind always talks about how important it is to leverage social media and a increasing audience audience base. Obviously, I also value integrity. So I don't want to just sell people something just to sell them something because now that you have a large audience, people will buy but they trust you and that trust means a lot to me. So I wouldn't just sell people things but I do as a whole other topic. But the point is, you know, leveraging social media and I do believe there is. Unfortunately, I'm not a big social media person. But I do believe there is a strong importance to have a strong media presence. So, well, what can you do, right? You either can't fight them, join them. Otherwise, you get left behind. We could always be like those people 40 years ago that were fighting against computers and tech. And look now, right? I'm talking to you through tech thrown into the internet, which is just this cloud-based bridge of networks. And it's getting to you through an RSS feed. So, I mean, look how far we've come, right? And the next phase is AI and stuff. So we could be, you know, humans are very resistant to change. And I understand that so well. But, you know, if you don't move with the tide, you're fighting against it and it's a losing battle. So the best we can do is roll with the tides and take what serves you and leave what doesn't, right? So for example, as much as I use AI in my day-to-day -day business podcast life I will never let technology over consume me and make it my whole life right I do like right so and the last couple points is he talks about how he's never met a widely successful pessimist and I do agree with this point I've met so many people that say that oh, you know I'm a realist or I'm a pet you know but you do need a, a certain level of optimism and hope and conviction and he, he talks about this fine line of walking between delusion and confidence and i do believe that's so true you do need a little bit of delusion to make your dreams happen which i believe is a better term is conviction but other people will see it as delusion because only you know your true vision better than anybody else until it happens right and then when it happens it's everybody agrees it's conviction but before it happens it's a little bit of delusion but I believe optimism and success is, is definitely a crucial aspect, and I agree. I've never met anybody widely successful that's a pessimist either. 
um and success is arbitrary right to one person a million dollars might be successful and to another it's only a hundred no it might be successful right so moving on to point three and the last point for today's episode is people over ideas i did talk about this in the past and i do believe this whole world is about understanding people it's about understanding social structures and social climates social having social awareness right because i can't stress this enough that you're not just investing in ideas you're investing in people and the better you can understand people the better your life will be overall i mean i can say that with confidence understanding people and understanding pattern recognition has been my biggest strong suits in life and i do believe that has helped me come a long way because it gets me into rooms that i never thought i'd be it gets me into friend groups i never thought i would have i have connections of people with large networks i would have never imagined net worth and networks that i would have never imagined one of my friends he quite literally has worked with beyonce and saw nick cannon go from a nobody to who he is today so there's so many or a friend of mine who told me about his mindset and his journey into the olympics as a you know representing the united states and just people with people with astronomical success and i think it's because i understand people i also work hard i understand pattern recognition and why that might be important is because whether it's the podcasting space where i recognize patterns ahead of time or it's people right so for example anytime i walk into a group of a big group of people i don't know or a social setting that i'm not used to or many of them i don't know i'm often very silent for at least a good while actually i'm very quiet i'm very observant of my surroundings and i get a good sense of what's happening who's talking to who who's friends with who i don't do this deliberately i'm not like a psychopath from i'm not like joe goldberg from you who just sits there and stares but you know i'll smile i'll i'll, I'll keep mental notes it's just how my brain works i notice things and i'll keep a small little mental note and I'll be like, oh, okay, so they're flirting, so they must have interest in each other, and this person is friends with that person, and these people are very easygoing, that person looks a bit more reserved, and you start making these patterns, and next thing you know, you're understanding the social dynamics, and then I assess whether I, one, want to be even be in this vicinity or not, which I've walked away from groups before, I'm like, this is not, this whole crowd is not my crowd, or... I'll gravitate to a singular person, which I believe this person in this group is someone I would resonate with, and su and such such like that, right? So, understanding people, understanding patterns of social structures is so important, and and I honestly should make an episode on that alone. I can't wait to do more video podcast episodes so I can kind of go a little bit deeper into this and stuff like that, and you can kind of see what I'm talking about. But I do believe there's just so much power to understanding people. Um, it takes more than just ideas to make it in this world. I think if you can understand people to an emotional, spiritual, physical level, they feel a lot more trust in you. They feel a lot more comfort with you and they're much more willing to take upon your vision, right? I don't know. There's so many benefits and honestly, I, it's a whole nother episode that I can make and I think I will. I think that's a good episode and with that, I will say thank you all for checking out this summary of the best points that I kind of picked up from this book. And, you know, 
overall, I think there were some small nuggets of gold in here that I decided to share. And, uh, you know, it's always a blessing to get to hear from people with like nine figure net worths like Matt Higgins. So I appreciate him taking the time to make this book anyways. And thank you all for listening. If you think you know somebody that would get value out of this, please share it with them. You know, please uh, support the community in any way you can, if any way you would like. And I'm just very grateful that you spent time with me. I know you could spend your time doing anything, and I don't take that lightly, like I say in many of my episodes. So thank you all. I really appreciate you. And remember, everybody, you either learn from or you're learned from. Thanks. Bye.